Easy Good Morning Show with Robin Mitchell and John Hendricks. And joining us, the Montana Libertarian Party State Chair, Sid Dowd. Good, Good morning, morning, Sid. Sid. Good morning. Uh, thanks for having me on again, John Robin. You betcha. So uh, bring us up to date on the workings of the Libertarian Party in Montana. There's, there's quite a bit going on right now. Um, we are uh, centered on a few issues that I think kind of uh, differentiate us from uh, the two big parties. And I, I'd like to talk about them today. And, and just so your listeners know, John and Robin have no idea what I'm going to talk about most of the time <laughs> that I come into the, <laughs> into, into the studio or, or join them. So this is all a surprise to them. But today I'd like to talk about Americans' ability to afford and live and survive today, which is something that, uh, you know, we hear a little bit about, but, uh, you know, candidates aren't running on this. And um, I think this is the number one thing we should be uh, focused on right now is our economy and inflation. Um, We've basically removed hope especially from millennials and younger generations right now, um, the things that I grew up thinking were uh, markers for success, like owning a home and things like that, are just uh, completely out of reach right now for, for, the, for most Americans. And, uh, you know, it, this is very personal to me as well because I have, uh, you know, three adult children and two of them um, live in other states. And they have good skills, careers, and previous to pretty much this year, they were doing all right. And, uh, you know, this year has been really rough on them. I think, uh, you know, the perfect storm has come together where our inflation and, uh, you know, the price of, um, like, housing and things like that are, um, you know, building and I would say at a crescendo, but I don't think they are. I think they're going to continue to get worse. Um, you know, the one thing that uh, the Libertarian Party realizes, uh, because we're very economic-focused, uh, is that the more indebted that we are, the more dependent we are upon the government. And it basically grows government power at the same time weakening all of us. Now, our spending has to stop. Congress must pass a budget. They can't just uh, keep throwing, the, kicking the can down the road with continuing resolutions. And, uh, you know, I think that for every uh, everybody in uh, elected official in the United States should be focusing primarily on our national debt and to stop rising inflation. So how do we do that? I'm not sure we're in control of this as a government anymore. Well, you know, uh, partially we are, uh, and we have to make some really hard choices, especially in Congress. Uh, we have to stop spending, or if you're going to spend, it has to come from something you're already funding. So um, going deeper into debt or printing more money, which causes inflation, cannot be our choices anymore. It, uh, I mean, $33 trillion is uh, a number that really um, you can't even conceive of, really. It's, it's so much. Uh, that's our national debt. You know, twice this year, for the first time ever, twice in one year, 
our national credit rating has been lowered. And, um, you know, the, the cost of that is that, um, you know, it costs us more to borrow money and uh, we, ha- we end up uh, paying back more. So, um, you know, that's, that's the number one thing that, that the federal government can do is, you know, we got to stop spending more money than is within our reasonable budget. But here's uh, I'll just pick one thing with you here. Uh, the reason the credit ratings were lowered was because Congress refused to raise the debt limit. And the other one was because Congress was ready to let the the government shut down, and those are the things that drove uh, down the credit rating and thus the increased interest rates that you pointed out. However, I'll take your point that the interest rates and the interest on the national debt, uh, that in in and of itself is 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 enough to put most any business out of out of business. Sure. And, you know, um, if, if you, I always like to bring it down to like our, our household budget or your business budget or whatever, um, spending more than you have continually for years and years is what it would drive anybody, you know, into poverty and, or, or a business out of business. Um, we, we can't keep doing that. It's, it's not really, you know, it's not sound economically, obviously, and uh, it, it, it almost feels like that's not even taken into consideration at times when these spending bills hit the floor. You know, and I, I know what you're saying about $33 trillion in debt. That's, that's just darn scary. But let's also put it in perspective. If, we were, if, the, if Congress were to balance the budget tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, which of course they won't, uh, but what if they did? We would probably be two to three decades paying off the debt we have now, and it would throw the economy into it would throw us into a, a massive depression that we would probably never crawl out of. Yeah, um, I agree with that partially. Um, the the thing that uh, is just not sustainable is just to ignore that, right? I mean, we have to do something. We have to at least take steps. And I don't think a, a couple decades is reasonable. I think it's going to take us longer than that. But if we don't start down that road, um, we are basically just, um, you know, kind of enslaving our future generations here to uh, to poverty uh, and to, to debt. Well, Sid, you know, one of the things that occurs to me is the people pulling the strings uh, know how to game the system. And it, it seems to me like we earlier today we had uh, some information about uh, former President Trump, if he is elected, likely will fill cabinet posts with uh, acting uh, post members that don't need to be approved right away. Well, there probably needs to be a mechanic that requires approval by Congress uh, the way it was originally meant to be. So somehow these acting posts are limited. And that's just one small thing. I mean, there are so many things throughout the government that uh, can have a monkey wrench put into them. Uh, I'm not sure just uh, 
uh, shutting off the spigots is going to do anything other than create panic and bank runs and everything else. Well, um, yeah, we're we're in a terrible position right now. There's there's really no great answer that doesn't cause us to have to kind of tighten the belt for quite some time. Um, and uh, you're right. I mean, the federal government is uh, extremely adept at gaming the system. The Federal Reserve is extremely adept at gaming the system. And you can only, uh, you know, cover your uh, deficiencies up uh, under the carpet for so long before you have like an incredible tragedy, right? Um, and and I'm not saying that we have to do anything that's going to drastically uh, put the country in danger on day one, but we need to start taking steps in that direction immediately, and our runaway spending has to stop. And I I take your point on that. However, okay, <clears throat> we just had a, a massive tornado roll through Tennessee. They're going to need a lot of federal money to get that get get the place livable again. Uh, we've got dead people. We've got uh, almost 100 people injured. We've got uh, almost 200 buildings totally destroyed. They're going to need help. And that's not the first one of this year. We've got dozens more. Uh, the federal government's got to help. We can't just leave these places in rubble. And we can't trust uh, private enterprise to do it because they'll suck it up and we'll have nobody owning a home anymore. Well, you know, that um, I'm actually in Alabama right now uh, for work and, uh, you know, pretty fairly close to where that happened, a couple hours away. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Clarksville had 700 plus structures that were uh, affected. And, you know, like you said, 200 totally destroyed. And that's an incredible tragedy. Uh, but, you know, I'm not saying that the federal government does not have a role in helping out there. What I'm saying is that is that um, you know th- those are the things. If you're going to spend money on something, that sounds like a really reasonable place to spend money on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, funding and supporting um, the uh, the foreign wars that we're in would be a good place to kind of uh, start tightening back uh, our. You know, our um, military spending um, is just dwarfs any of our other spending. So uh, not being involved in some of these other countries is, is a way to start pulling back on some of this. But um, you, you're, I, I don't um, – I'm not going to sit here and say that we don't need to react when national disasters happen here within the United States. In fact, that should take priority pretty much over everything else. Well, it kind of does, but that's also the supplemental spending, the spending that goes into this that, uh, you know, the budget can only uh, uh, plan for a portion of this, and we're just way beyond that. I want to move over here. We can talk about the debt until the cows come home and nothing's (laughs) going to get done about it. But uh, one thing that we have uh, coming up is an election for our United States senator this year, and you are in the middle of that. Tell us how that all is going. Well, it's been a month since um, I actually announced on this uh, radio program, um, you know, one month ago. So things are, are starting to gear up and, and looking uh, fairly good. I expected a lot more hate than I have received so far. Now, you know, there's 
many months to come, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people that are frustrated that there is a third party in this race uh, for, for a lot of different reasons, but primarily because they see us as um, getting in the way of their chosen candidate, right? Um, and, you know, I think the, the one thing that we're, tr- we're going to try to get out, and uh, Montanans may hopefully grasp this year, is that we do need to do something a little bit different, sending the same type of person to the Senate, um, you know, is not something that has uh, paid off very well for us here over the past, past few decades. And, uh, you know, there's, there is room for, um, for us to try new things. And one of the things that I'm a big proponent of is um, we need to also allow ourselves the ability to try things and fail. Because if you don't try things, you don't know if they're going to work um, to some degree. I mean, obviously, you do as much research ahead of time. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm giving Montana the, the chance to send our first actual fiscal conservative voice to the Senate. Won't you feel a bit like uh, a voice crying in the wilderness? You know, um, I, I I feel like that all the time. <laughs> uh, you know, you feel like Don, Don Quixote. Uh, I'm, I'm tilting against windmills consistently, but uh, if you uh, look over the uh, the time period that, that at least I've been involved here for the last like eight or nine years, um, we are making incremental uh, uh, gains every year. We um, not and that's. I guess the easiest way to see that is within our percentage of the vote we get in a race that uh, libertarians uh, participate in. We are gaining a percentage of the vote every time. And unfortunately, no matter what, we have to continue through the portion of this that hurts other parties uh, to get past, the, you know, the certain point where we're up there and competing for um, f- for those positions equally. And, you know, we're, we're in kind of that pain point right now. And, you know, we've seen one of the big parties try to really, really hammer down on this because they're, they're feeling that. Um, and, you know, they, we hear a lot of complaints about um, when we run, and we, I, I've heard a lot of complaints about when I run in, in particular. Um, well, my, my message would be <laughs> I'm only getting those votes because people choose me and because I have uh, you know, something to say that they desire. So if the other parties want to participate here, if they want to get that vote back, they need to start saying the same things we're saying and doing the same things that we want to do. <laughs> So talk with us about the mechanics of your uh, uh, of your uh, campaign. You're going to need uh, you're going to need a lot of money to be competitive. You're going to need a lot of volunteers. You're going to need staff. How's all that coming together? You know, actually, I'm I'm um, pleasantly surprised in that area. I haven't actually uh, started really heavy. In fact, I haven't started any. Um, uh, seeking of donations yet but i've already got some which is pretty pretty nice i (laughs) mean that that is heartening to me um i have people all over montana that are wanting to help volunteer um and i intend to show 
that we can start competing on the um, on the donation side as well. Um, I think you're going to see, and if I have anything to do with it, uh, this is going to be the most um, the, the the most donations and the most uh, support that any uh, libertarian candidate has ever had here in Montana. I, I'm going to break a lot of records this year. All right. Or next year. Sid, is always a stimulating conversation. We wish you the best in your campaign, and thank you for joining us this morning. Sure. I'd just like to leave you with one last thought. All right. Um, the Congress and the federal government are seem to be too busy indicting and investigating each other to actually run the country, <laughs> and that's something that's not going to be in my way. <laughs> Boy, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> Thanks, Sid. <laughs> All right. Thank you. You have a great day. You too.